good internet. It's the harvest the Colin atrophy, and I'm very happy to welcome you to episode number 41 of Life Harvester Radio. I'm really excited about this one. My guest this month is Nick Anglin, a local teen activist and co-founder of the group Black Young and Educated, who have been, among many other things, hosting weekly Saturday actions for the past month all over the city and will continue to do so indefinitely until Pennsylvania Amendment 508 is overturned. Uh, Amendment 508 is basically um, the law that says that police officers can decide that if they feel in danger, they can shoot at a suspect. And um, that gives cops carte blanche to kill whoever they want. And that was evidenced in the shooting death of uh, Antoine Rose Jr., an unarmed teenager who was shot three times in the back two years ago um, this month. And the officer who shot him, Michael Rosfeld, uh, who murdered him, um, was acquitted last March. And Black Young and Educated have taken it upon themselves to get out in the streets and stay there until that change occurs. It's really impressive. And, I, you know, I went to their first event, the first of the Civil Saturdays is what they're called. And I was just blown away by how they pulled it all off, how they pulled it all together. And I really wanted to talk to Nick, and I feel lucky I got to. A uh, quick note on the audio quality. This interview was conducted over the phone. Doesn't sound that great, but I think it's worth listening to. So uh, let's get to it. right now you must be so i don't know i was gonna say you must be so exhausted from working so hard but actually i don't want to make any assumptions just open-ended how are you feeling right now so at the moment like at this second i'm like standing outside in front of like a sunoco (laughs) so and i'm drinking a yerba mate so i'm pretty energized it's like every day i feel like sort of I feel motivated, but and at the same time, I feel hopeful because every protest that we have, it's like more people come out, more people support, and it's just it's just nice to see that like other people have the same mindset that I do and like the same goal. So, but it's like pretty. I also feel like stressed out because it's like pretty hectic that you know I'm on the, the set schedule now. Like we have um, basically my week my week runs like Saturday protest sunday is like a rest day for everyone monday we have a staff meeting and then the whole week's like preparing for the next saturday protest and then we have a staff meeting again like friday night before the protest um i have a meeting like thursday wednesday uh to go over the agenda and stuff like that so it's like it's pretty like hectic of the things that like the research i have to do i have to do like independent research all the time, keep up with current events, keep up with what Mayor Peduto is saying, what Tom Wolf is saying, um, how everyone's, um, what their, their statements on the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So it's like, it's stressful to kind of have all this weight on me at the moment too, especially since I am. And I have to also juggle like social life and then I have to juggle like work because I do work around four days a week um, at my job. So like, yeah, it's like, pretty hectic, pretty stressful. Yeah, so you're juggling so much stuff right now. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, so are you, are you, you're 19, is that right? I am 18. I just graduated. Oh, my stuff. That's the thing. Um, is everyone in the collective, is everyone in the group, like, of roughly your age? Are you guys all peers? Um, we range from, like, from 17 to 19. Damn. Okay. That's so sick. Um, and how did you all meet? Uh, how do we meet? Yeah, so me and, uh, me and the co-founder, we met because we went to middle school together, so we've known each other for a while, and then I'm, I'm sitting next to, uh, the communications director right now of our organization, so we're, we're, um, we, me and her, her name's JL, and we met through Instagram, uh, and... They kind of came out to our events, like everyone kind of came out to our events and stuff like that. And then we kind of connected. It's like the group that we have now, like doing protests. Well, well, me and well, I decided like, oh, I wanted to have like a consistent protest that happened. So like the movement wasn't just a trend that like we had a end goal and stuff like that, and we had things we wanted to accomplish. So we, um, I reached out to like a group of people and was like why don't we all come together and do um, a protest and do a protest every Saturday and stuff like that. So the group that we have now for, like, Civil Saturdays, we kind of just came together through social media, really. Okay. And But Black Young Educated existed prior to this current protest moment. Is that right? Yeah, we existed for around a year and two months now. Yeah, I was looking at your, like, online presence, and it seemed like you had been, like, doing a bunch of events around town. You had some open mics at the Glitter Box, is that right? Mm-hmm. You had, like, uh, you had done the, uh, like, Black Entrepreneurs Business Lunch. Did I get the name of that right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Stepped away from yeah, the computer. <laughs> the Black Business Social, we did do that. Mm-hmm. And that was to, like, introduce younger people to, like, older folks that were already more well-established. Yeah, so they can have, like, mentors and stuff like that, and especially, like, if you want to support a black business or in the future if you need, like, a black doctor or a black lawyer, you know, you have those connections because of our black business social. Um, and so, like, it's interesting to me to see how you guys had, like, you guys were already clearly so invested in, like, your community and in just, like, the world around you and having an impact on the world around you um, before this, uh, like, moment where, like, it feels like, to, to me, you know, I've been alive for a while or whatever, and, like, I have lived through a, a number of moments that felt like there was, like, a radical shift in what was possible uh, for me and the world. But this one, this one feels different, and I don't know, I don't know quite why, but, it you know, it seems like even before this moment occurred, you guys were pretty dedicated to trying to, like, sort of shape the world into a better one and one that you wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've always, like, uh, it does feel different. This movement that we have does feel different. I feel like there's, like, a lot of more youth voices, a lot of young voices leading mm-hmm. all the movements, especially, like, the environmental justice movement, you know, climate change, stuff like that. Like, there are youth voices leading these movements and I feel like it's inspiring 
to like even the older generation and stuff like that to see that we are dedicated and we do want our voices to be heard. So yeah, I definitely think I'm definitely with you on how this feels like. Even though I wasn't alive for like previous movements to really like see the difference, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, like when I was your age trying to do activist work, there was always some grown up trying to boss me around or tell me how to do it differently. It felt like, and it seems like you guys are kind of just like, no, we know what we're doing and we're going to do it. And it's not like you don't listen. Like I saw you on the um, on the One Hood podcast was it last week. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I see, I see that you guys are in communication with other generations of activists, but it's really fascinating for me to see how empowered you all feel just to like take matters into your own hands and just do what needs to get done. Why don't you describe what it is that you're trying to accomplish with Civil Saturdays and what Civil Saturdays are? So, Civil Saturdays, what we're trying to accomplish, our short-term goal is to. Uh, PA Section 508. So PA Section 508 is the use of force law in Pennsylvania. And right now it is subjective. And it says that an officer, if an officer believes that someone is a threat, that they can use lethal force. And this is what got acquitted for the murder of Antoine Rose. So it says that an officer has to have reasonable doubt and make it an objective statement. So, you know, it can increase officer accountability in Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania as a whole, because, you know, it starts, I feel like it starts there, like, good police reform. To have, like, good police reform, we have to change that law. Absolutely. And I think it's really powerful that there's, like, um, a very precise goal. But you said that's your short-term goal. So what is, do you guys have, like, longer-term plans? Yeah, we have longer-term plans for the organization as a whole. So, like, um, we definitely want to uh, increase, like, um, budget budgeting to, like, for education, you know, make public education better, especially in, like, low-income neighborhoods and, like, bridge the gap um, of econ- economic inequality and stuff like that in America. And we definitely don't want to just make it, like, an America thing. Me... I am a first-generation American myself, and I do have plans on bringing this organization international. In the future, I'm going to bring this to Jamaica and, you know, help kids down there and stuff like that. So I definitely have um, the long-term goal is to basically just, like, bridge the gap of race inequality around the world. Are you the one that decided to put the coffee song in that one video you guys have on your Instagram? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cool. I love that song. Fire. Were you born in the U.S.? Yeah, I was born in the U.S. You were born here and your parents came here? Yeah, my, both my parents immigrated here. And do you, do you think that, like, that sort of being part of or being in touch with an immigrant experience has any impact on the way you approach your activism? It definitely has, um, it definitely affects the way I approach my activism because, um, especially with how we lead our protests and stuff like that and how we definitely move towards, like, having Black Lives Matter be more intersectional and, you know, have to – we put immigrants in there, too, because, like, in the Black Lives Matter movement, because if we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, we have to talk about immigrant, Black immigrant lives and Black trans lives. Like, and especially, like, at first, I definitely was, like, having a hard time, like, I had to think, like, how do, um, you know, immigrants – fit in the Black Lives Matter movement, how does, because I don't have, my family didn't experience, like, American systemic racism, 
because they weren't here for a long time. They were they were just here for like twenty years. My parents have only been here for well, my mom's only been here for twenty years. So like, I had to think about like you know how does this really how does this affect me and all that stuff. So it definitely like affects the way I am an activist. It affects the way that I do my protests, have what I talk about it on Civil Saturdays and stuff like that, and definitely having the experience of, like, going, because I've lived in Jamaica, you know, so and I went to school in Jamaica, so having the experience of, like, having to see, like, how Jamaica runs their schooling, how America runs their schooling, and you could tell, like, the the big difference and stuff like that. So, what's, what's the difference, do you think, primarily? So, I learn like going to Jamaica going to school in Jamaica it's their schools are ten times better than schooling in America. I've learned I went down there and I've learned so much. Our we're actually so behind in learning America, but Jamaica like they actually learn facts like things that we're learning in like seventh grade, like they're learning in like fifth, fourth grade. So it's just like to see that we aren't learning like, that's a third world country, and we aren't learning, like, that much, you know, the difference, especially, like, when we talk about, like, um, healthcare for all and stuff like that, and Jamaica has free healthcare for everyone, so, like, it's just, how can't we do that, and we're a first world country, and, you know, like, Jamaica's a third world country, and they're, like, they're doing as best as they can. So and making do and they're giving free healthcare even though they they can't afford to give free healthcare but like they made that a duty to get free healthcare. So like to see the difference of I feel like I'm ranting at this, this point you know but no I love this I'm really like I I love everything you have to say and I think you know like I've I've only been I've been uh, self isolating um, and I will be until like for the next week or so um, and then I'll be back out at Civil Saturdays I'll come introduce myself but they. Um, so I only got to attend the first um, one in Bakery Square, and I was just, I was just so blown away with how well you guys had organized that, like such a huge event. You know, like you guys really put something amazing together. And to think that, because uh, I would say there was like hundreds of people at that, and mm-hmm. they all had everybody just like doing what you wanted them to do. Like you had a goal for that uh, action. And you got a whole crowd just in line doing your goal. I was sitting there. I was listening with um, rapt attention because y'all were so just so good at um, communicating your points so succinctly, like keeping the energy up. You know, like leading the whole the whole crowd. You are specifically a very engaging speaker, so feel free to just everything that you have to share is of um, is of interest. So, um, basically, like, the bakery square, I would just speak a little about, like, how we plan the bakery square protest and stuff like that. For sure. So, like, basically, um, we definitely wanted to be as interactive as possible, and I, um, I split our, like, us into, like, especially when we do a march and stuff, I split us into two teams, because I've noticed, like, you know, in the back, you can't really hear what's going on, in the, like, in the front and stuff like that. So, like, I make sure, you know, someone in the back can, like, um, basically relay uh, the the chant and stuff like that so everyone can be involved. I also, uh, we definitely thought, we did the privilege test uh, for the first one because I saw it on Instagram and I was, like, like to, for someone to actually see, like, 
the difference in being like white and being black and like the economic difference and stuff like that and you could see like the disparities on how everyone's life is based on how your life is based on your race like I felt like that was really moving and to actually put that into the crowd especially in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh does have a we do have like a big racial divide here which it's something that we really don't speak on but it is well and alive in Pittsburgh so um definitely we did I want yeah we want to be as interactive as possible um we wanted to be a sit-in because everyone was like was walking and marching that whole entire week because I was like in the heat of protesting people were protesting every day Mm -hmm. I know we protested like four times that like I protested four times that week you know like so I was like okay we could do a sit-in so you could still like uh, stand in solidarity with us. You could still shut down the street. We could still have voice our message, but at the same time, you know, we aren't all superheroes. So we can still relax. Like last Saturday, um, our topic was black intersectionality and um, it was black intersectionality and black trans lives. And we had 16 minutes of silence for... Um, there's only on record right now around 16 trans, black trans women that have been murdered since the beginning of 2020. And, you know, it's, it's a rough number. It's not, um, there is because a lot of them are misgendered and stuff like that, uh, with reports. And so it's like, you never, we don't know how many lives there were that were murdered, but we had 15 minutes of silence for each name that I've that I called and stuff like that. So, and we definitely want to get our, we definitely still get our message across and we do want to have serious, serious moments to honor these lives. And so, so uh, I, yeah, just basically just to honor the lives. Yeah. You're, you're, I, you know, I had been protesting that whole week before um, the first civil Saturday. Your protest was the first one where I felt like um, thinking about uh, Tony McDade was even, factored in by the organizers. Um, and that, you know, I, I, I'm a trans person, I'm a trans woman, and I, um, obviously, you know, I'm a white trans woman. This moment is not about me. Um, but there, um, it was an, it, it felt, it felt, there was a, it felt noticeable how, um, much energy and care, um, you guys, black, young, and educated, put into um, bringing attention to uh, trans lives, and that felt really moving to me. That felt super important. You guys were involved in the Antoine Rose protests that were happening last year as well, right? We went to them. We didn't organize them, but we knew the organizers that did organize them. We uh, worked with one hood and one hood were they were the main organizers of the Antoine Rose protest because they work with um, his mom she basically honored like whatever she says because that is her son so they respect anything that she says and they work with her to organize the protest so we but we went to the protests that were that they did have it seems interesting to me that there was sort of this pretty big mobilization in Pittsburgh around justice for Antoine. Um, and then it, it just seemed to fizzle, you know, like not that 
people stopped caring, but like the sort of big public outcries seem to end. Um, and I'm really glad that it's coming back up now. But what do you think it is about this moment that made that made everybody in the country sort of feel like, okay, like we have these unsettled issues. Like, sure, this George Floyd happened in Minneapolis, but like we have these unsettled issues here, and we have to deal with them. Like, why do you think now? I I can speak on my like how I felt and why I think now. Um, so definitely, when I saw the video of like George Floyd of Ahmaud Arbery, and when I heard about Breonna Taylor. It was just, especially since I remember watching when the verdict came out for Michael Rothbard on the murder of Anton Rose, and he was found not guilty. And I remember watching that on the news, and I was, my heart just dropped. I was sad. I was, I couldn't believe, like, oh my, I just, like, really, they found him not guilty. And, you know, it did, I did fizzle down, but I feel like now, this time around, it's every year Every year of my life, you know, like, there's always a murder of a black person by the police for no reason. And for and someone that is nonviolent, someone that is unarmed, you know, like, there's always a murder of a black person. So I feel like we're done. With, we're sick of the cycle. And we definitely want to see change, especially me. Like, I want to see change. Like, I want to make sure that there is police accountability in Pennsylvania and for that change, we need policy change. You know, Mayor Perdue said, yeah, we're going to have police reform. We're going to have two years of implicit bias training. But to me, that that doesn't do anything. That's just all talk. I'm not in the room. I cannot see. I do not know what you're teaching. You're having implicit bias training. Who's teaching the class? What are they teaching in that class? You know, like, the police officers could just roll their eyes and just not care. I need to see actual policy change. I just can't have words anymore. And I feel like we're tired of them, like, especially politicians. We're tired of broken promises, of open promises, you know, of of them just saying, hey, you know, let's light up the building for Juneteenth. Let's um, name this Black Lives Matter Boulevard. You know, we we want sufficient change. Yeah, because lighting up a building doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. It might feel and look cool or whatever, but at the end of the day, if cops can still act with impunity, nothing has changed. And um, I feel like that's what um, that's what's different because we've noticed we as people have noticed that because before they'd be like they like they would quiet us down, you know, they try to they try to please us as much as possible without doing as little change as possible. But now, like we're so tired because we see the little change, the little rest reformations and stuff like that do not work so we just need something new yeah for sure and how do you think about um black young and educated fitting into the sort of tapestry of um small and local activist groups that exist all over the country right now do you think about yourself in in that context or are you just focused on what's going on right here in this world um I, we really have not worked with, other than One Hood Media, we haven't worked with, like, any other organizations. And definitely, like, me, I think about us, like, just locally and what we're doing locally. Um, like, I don't really think about us in, like, a network of other organizations working around the nation. And maybe I should think about about us that way. But right now, my eyes are just, like, on 
not even just Pittsburgh, like just Pennsylvania, the whole state, like my eyes are like, what are we doing in PA? What are we doing in Pennsylvania? Who's calling for like the same change that we're calling for in Pennsylvania? You know, like, so I feel like, so are you actually like how we fit in that network? Yeah, or kind of like, even if you're you're not working with other groups directly, like, do you think about your, do you think about this moment being in a context where like, there's groups like BYE popping up all over the place? Um, and that like, even though it's a local context, it exists in this, um, sort of bigger wave of, um, political action. I feel like as in, like, the, if we're thinking about how a network of other organizations, especially, like, how there's so much popping, so many different organizations popping up right now, it's, like, I, we, I was at a protest the other day, and it was, like, we were there, and it wasn't even just, like, Black Lives Matter protest, but it's, like, this girl, um, Leandra in Pittsburgh, she does, she's been doing Fridays for the Future, which is, like, every Friday, you know, she goes downtown, and, protest against um, for environmental justice in Pittsburgh because she brought so much to my attention, you know, like living in Pittsburgh, you're two times more likely to have lung cancer and stuff like that because the air is so polluted. Um, places like Braddock and stuff like that where there's majority black people, they have higher pollution rates and higher immortality rates and stuff like that because of the air pollution. So, and that's right here in our city and it's like she brought to my attention environmental racism. So it's like, I feel like, as a network, the motorcycle down here, but like as a network, when we come together, but as a network, when we come together and we work with like different organizations, and I feel like it pushes the movement like further because we can, it, and we can see how intersectional it is. Like I was at a protest, there was like four other organizations there and I was talking to them. And then there was, like, I Can't Breathe, you know, there was this, um, other activists for Lorenzo there, and, you know, we, we spoke, and they all had their different, like, groups of people that they cater to and stuff like that, and we were like, yeah, we should all come together and do, like, one big action, you know, to really, like, push the movement further. So, I feel like all these different groups coming together, I, I like that. You know, because, like, we have an audience that come out to our protests, and they have an audience that come out to their protests, so, like, all of us coming together and working together. I really, I, I like that. Like, you know, I like how there's different groups popping up. I like how these different groups cater to different people. These different groups have different ideas, you know, so you can hear all these different ideas and you could see where everyone else, stand, all these groups of people stand to be able to come to a common ground. Does that make sense? I think yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you want to talk about what the action coming up this Saturday is? So this Saturday we're having um, a that we're shutting down Fifth Avenue. So it's going to be like basically sit-in format um, because we did a lot of marching last week. So we're going to be at near Mellon Park, um, Fifth Avenue and Beachwood. And we're basically going to shut down the beginning of Fifth Avenue, have a rally there. We're going to have poets, um, speakers, you know, uh, advocate for, I didn't know that I'm going to speak on basically calling out our senators because um, I was checking, like, the change we want to see, like, Mayor Perdue can't have, can't do that change, but I was checking, like, you know, the senator's um, 
Twitters and stuff like that, and they haven't even, like, spoken at all about the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff. So it's just like, uh, I'm going to basically call the senators. I know Jay Costa, he spoke on, like, you know, if you email him, he probably has, I think it's assistant emoji back or something, like the thin carbon copy email saying, yeah, we have a bill coming before about amending Section 508. I plan on introducing it. But since Pennsylvania is a majority um, Republican Senate, uh, it never goes to the floor. Like, they ne- it never gets to the floor, and they never pass the bill. You know, so I'm basically going to call out the senators on why they don't want to pass the bill, you know, if they if their police were actually trained well enough, they should be able to pass this bill with ease. You know, I'm going to speak about um, that stuff uh, for this week. I really want to talk about, like, next Saturday. I know we're planning, like, a big action next Saturday because um, Saturday next Saturday is the 4th of July. So uh-huh. we're definitely going to do something big for that Saturday um, to shut the city down. So I'm not going to give a lot of details. But, you know, just be on the lookout for next Saturday, July 4th. that's it. Thank you so much for listening. There's a ton more I would like to hear Nick talk about, but you know, I was trying to be respectful of his time and I'll just have to go out to civil Saturdays every week, just like you should. And if you're not in Pittsburgh, if you can't support in person, check out black young educated on Instagram. Their at is uh, black young edu. You know, I'll link that in the episode description. They have a Venmo and a cash app and all that. I'll link those things too. throw these kids some money. They're doing the good work, and I think it's up to us, washed old people, who maybe don't have the same energy to help support that financially. You know what I mean? We have an obligation to the next generation to uh, line their pockets so they can be out in the street more than we can. And Becca suggested that I hire Black Young and Educated to write the newest issue of Life Harvester that's coming out in July, and... They took me up on it, so the issue will be out a little late, but it's going to be composed entirely by them. And any additional subscription money I get in the month of July will be sent right to them. So um, maybe check that out. And like I said, come out to their protests. And, you know, I'm sure there's kids like this. I know my listeners aren't all in Pittsburgh. They're mostly not in Pittsburgh, but like it seems like there's groups of teens like this everywhere. So I guess I would just encourage anybody listening to this to figure out who those kids are in your city and help them in whatever way you can. Because let's be real, these kids are killing it out there and it's up to us to just like have their backs and help them make the world that they need. Yeah, that's it. No cops, no creeps, no borders. 
Fuck ice, free Palestine, shut down every prison, peace in the pizzeria, I'm out.